The theme for this month is on church growth. As you remember that our areas of focus this year is what? Grace, growth, and let's try it for those who are still not sure. Let's start. It's, it's what? Grace, right? And what? And gratitude. We'll be talking a lot about these three areas, looking at different sides of them. So this month, we want to talk about church growth. We want to talk about church growth. Very often, there's not much that's said about church growth. And uh, somehow, churches don't seek to grow. And we don't cast the vision of growing churches. Members often, sometimes in churches, people just like to be just us for or us 200, or us 500, and no more. You know, when the church is full, it's very nice. You want to keep it like that. You know, us, whoever, and no more. But God wants us to grow, because the commission that he gave is for us to reach the whole world with the gospel. I was actually at a, 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 a church in Pretoria yesterday, and uh, it's planted by Muruti Masakona, and it's a branch church, yeah, Calvary Christian Church, actually. And uh, his son is running this church in Pretoria East. And so I was sharing with them what I'm going to share with you this morning. And I'm so glad that they, they are expanding in terms of planting more churches. And one of the things I was telling them was that uh, we are told that Soweto has a population of about uh, 2.5, maybe 3 million, you know, Three million people, right? And uh, and we are told at the same time that as South Africa, I don't know if the st- statistic still holds, we are like 80 percent of South Africans profess to be Christian. I don't know if the statistic is still the same. I don't know what the latest figures are, but that's that's what we told. And I was saying to them, you know, with a population of three million Mosoetu, and you help me with your mathematics and your you young people call it math. Help me with your math, all right? I was, I was thinking about this. Imagine if we were to win one-third of the population Yamosowet. Just one-third. Ne? One-third of the population. Sorry, this is just, uh, uh, I'm just, it's just an example, okay? Okay, one-third of the population of Soweto. So if really three million, that would be how many people? How about one third yeah, three million. Just tell the neighbor sitting next to you, wow, wow, wow. So that would be about one million. All right. Now, now, I don't know how many of you know of any church in Soweto that has a, a hundred thousand members in one, in one sitting. I'm not talking about just in one building, hundred thousand church, just local church, hundred thousand. I, I don't know of any. I don't know. I don't know. Of, I don't know of any. Sitting in one building, I don't know of any. I don't know if any. I know some of you like to believe we have 100,000. We don't have 100,000. No. Now, if we were to have churches that could be, have 100,000 people, we would need about 100 of those churches that would have 100,000 people each. 100, 100, 100, 100. Of those churches that would have 100,000 people each, and none of the churches would eat into the membership of the other. Right? So there's a lot more people outside the church 
than there is inside the church. And we're even talking about just one third for that matter. There's still two thirds of the population that is not touched at all. So I, my prayer this morning is that as you listen to this message, God will just give you a vision of the necessity of church planting and church growth. And why we need to be so committed to the mission of growing the church. And that we should go out with everything in us. God wants us to increase always, even if our start wasn't that great. In Job chapter 8, verse 7, this is what God says there. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Nothing wrong with starting small. Everything starts small in life. But in the way God works, he wants to grow whatever he starts in your life. The Bible in basic English reads, and though your start was small, your end will be very great. That's a prophecy for somebody in the house here. Your end will be greatly, very great. You will greatly increase. And so we need to embrace this vision of church growth. God wants the church to grow. He really wants the church to grow. In fact, when you look at the pattern of the early church, you've heard me say it since the beginning of the year. If there's any pattern that we need to follow, if there's any example that we need to emulate, is the example of the early church. Because remember, the early church, that was the, the church being born after Jesus had been raised from the dead and the Holy Spirit had come down upon the church. So what happened in the early church is our pattern to follow. That's what we try to follow. Not, not other things. That's what we are trying to follow. So what happened in the early church? Well, the early church grew. It grew. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, the King James Version Bible reads, and they, they continuing daily with one account in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now note verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now let's say maybe, you know, hypothetically, hypothetically, we don't know how many people God added each day, but hypothetically, let's assume God only added one person, only one more person joined the church, right? Every day. So if it happened daily, 365 days in a year, so it means by the end of that year, the church that was there had 365 more members. But you know, today, churches don't think about growing. Churches don't think about growing. They, they don't even believe for growth. They're not praying for growth. They are not planning for growth. They are happy to maintain what they've got. You know? You know, we're happy to, you know, like Ribina, that song, Bambisisa Lokunako. Reverero Uyeza. Uyeza. So it's almost like we're just happy to hold on to what we've got. Okay? 
But the truth is this, Bazavana. Every church continually loses members. If you don't lose them through them leaving to go somewhere else, we lose them through this thing called death. We just announced the passing of our members here. So if we answer this Bambisisa Lokunako, just in jail by virtue of what happens naturally, yeah, you're going to be losing members. And the only way to grow the church is to have more people come through the front door of the church than those growing out the back door of the church. And the, the issue of people leaving the church or losing members, it just happens generically because that's what life gives us. Yeah. So we've got to have more people coming into the church. Acts chapter 4 verse 4, it says, How be it many of them who believed heard the word, and the number of men that believed was 5,000. So you see the early church, when Peter preached, there were 3,000 who got saved in Acts chapter 4. I mean in Acts chapter 2. Then in Acts chapter 4, we see 5,000 people getting saved. So we see God saving people, bringing people, and God wants the church to grow. Several years ago, I was preaching in Ghana. In, uh, uh, the, uh, I was in Accra in Coligono. And this church in Coligono is the first church that Bishop Daki had most planted. And uh, I was there with Bishop Ntefel. And we're doing a church growth seminar. And he preached from John 15. You know, and I had never heard this text from that perspective. So when I heard the text and the way he was explaining it, I'd never seen it that way before. So what I did is I, I, I copyrighted it. That means my right to copy. <laughs> I, I learned from what he preached. And I said, you know what? Next time I preach, I'm going to talk about this. Go with me to John chapter 15. Let me show you something. I didn't see this. I've read John 15 for years and years. I didn't see what Jesus was really saying fully. All right? Verse 1 says, you are the vine. I am what? I am the branches. I am the true vine. What translation is this? The King James Version. Hey. Aaron, true vine. I don't know what King James Version is this. Says, I am the true vine. Not that it's wrong, but I can't see me. Look at King James. Maybe. Is this the recent one? Is this what? Is this the, is this the 2000 version here, King James? <laughs> How many of you have the King James that says, I'm the true vine? Is that what it says? It says, it says, I'm the true vine. Okay. I am the true vine, not I'm the vine. It says, I'm the true vine. I am the true vine, and the father is the husbandman. Now, note verse, verse, verse 2. He says, every branch in me, know this, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. All right? He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You know, sometimes the way to understand what Jesus is saying is to try and reverse it. Or to try and think about it in the opposite. Okay, let me explain what I'm, let me explain what I'm saying. He, he talks about every branch in him that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. So by implication, he wants every branch in him to bear fruit. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I can't believe it's in a figure of speech. So, so it means Jesus wants every branch in him to bear fruit. So note the word fruit. Underline it or highlight it. Just underline or note or whatever, 
fruit. Then he says, every branch that, be- that, that, that bears fruit, every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it should bear more fruit. So he's talking about a, bar- a branch that it's bearing fruit. Even if it's bearing fruit, God is not satisfied. Yonah is bearing fruit. Do you see that? No, Yonah is bearing fruit. But what he wants, he wants the branch to bear more fruit. Are you there? Ne? Are you there? Ne? So, so Yonah and Ali, they've got one church. They've got one branch. God is happy. They have one branch, but God wants them to have more than one branch. You have one business. Now, let's keep and go. I'm not changing anything. I'm just reading this. I want you to follow this pattern of thinking in verse 5. He says, I am the vine. Verse 5, please. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And note. He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth what? Much fruit. So it's getting, it's getting more. Jesus is quite right. It's getting gooder and gooder. So he starts with fruit, more fruit, much fruit. It's incremental. Why? Because God is a God of growth. See, God is, wherever God is, growth will be there. Expansion will be there. That's just the nature of God. When God comes into the equation, he breathes life into things that are dead, and they start growing. So say it with me. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. It's fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Tell them, neighbor, it's incremental. It's growing. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. But oftentimes, this is not how we think as churches. We don't think about growing what we're doing. We're happy to just be just a handful of us, know everybody by name. Man, like I say, life will take people away from us. People pass on. People die. So once that happens, the church starts shrinking, and it starts dying on its own. No, no, this was alone. Change growth, therefore, write this down. This is important. Will not happen on its own. You can't just come here, Mokere King, and not be involved in what makes the church grow and expect the church to grow. Church growth, as you note in what I'm going to share today, is the responsibility of every one of us here in the church. Every one of us. You need to play your role. Like they said in the clip, strap up your boots. And we need to do something. Now there are myths about church growth. The first one being, people say, if people are serious about God, they'll just come on their own Kokere King. I, 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 I don't know that. In fact, it is not like that anywhere in life. Many of us in anything we ever bought, whether it's an insurance policy, whether it's a certain product, somebody persuaded us. Yeah. 
either they spoke to you in person or they had an advert. I'm going to show you in a short while. But you didn't just in Jena or at the net bank. There's a reason why. There's, there's a catch there. They, they, they persuaded you. Yeah. They persuaded you. So we think people will just come to church. Nje. No, they will not come nje. They will need persuasion. So church growth will not just happen. If you, if you want this church to grow and you're not doing anything as a member, then you don't understand how this works. Many of you who are here today, you didn't come on your own. You, you maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody invited you or maybe you saw something on television or you read about something or you came here or you were in crisis, you needed prayer. You didn't just wake up and come here. There's a reason why you came. So why then do we make the assumption that church growth will happen on its own? Secondly, people say, no, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be too concerned about big churches because what God wants is only quality and not quantity. You know, you know, there's this, you know we have ways of saying stuff. Eh? It's not quality. What God wants is quality and not quantity. Well, I agree we should have quality and I accept that. However, if you look at God's vision, God's vision is for the whole world. God said go into the whole world. So how about we have both quality and quantity? What do you say? You look at the ministry of Jesus, wherever Jesus went, multitudes followed him. I don't ever remember Jesus stopping and saying, hey, some of you are my young, I only want quality. I want the 12. I don't ever remember Jesus doing that. But what Jesus did, if you look at his ministry, he had different layers. He had the he had the three who were the closest, Peter, James, and John. Then he had the 12. So you can kind of look at it as you know, circles. The first circle is the three. The next outer circle is the 12. The next outer circle is the multitudes. And the other outer circle is the world. So there's different layers. So how about we touch all layers? And, 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 and as you've heard in the parable, Jesus that show that when the seed is sown, it's only one out of four that survives. So I think for me, my reasoning, right, would tell me, you know, I mean, really, Basalana, what would be obvious in my mind, if it's only one out of four that survives, if I want to survive, I must make sure I don't have anything less than four. So I've got to reach lots of people knowing very well that it is one out of four that will survive. So if your mind is to go for the few, because we're not about the quality, in the final analysis, you're going to end up on the losing side of it. Now, I know this is not one of those sermons where I'm saying you can be a millionaire. So I see some of you, you are not saying amen today because you're waiting for me to say you're going to be a millionaire. No, that's not where I'm going. I'm talking about we doing the work of God. Yeah, doing the work of God. But listen to me. Our country desperately needs people who take the work of God seriously. Desperately. Things are not going well in our country. 
Our young people are far from God. Homes are breaking in large numbers. People's lives are being torn apart. May the church arise and be what it should be. Thirdly, another myth, people say, no, churches that are large is because they are compromising the truth. You know, we've been accused of this. They allow people to sin. That's why people run there in large numbers. It's not true. Not true. If you've been here long enough, you know the way Rubuan. Sometimes, sometimes, some of you, it's not true. But those are myths. And so people say those things because it is a fact, Bazalon. For a church to grow, we are going to have to do something. There are 12 demands of a growing church that we're going to explore this month. 12. And these 12 things, we need to do them when it comes to church growth. But of the 12, I'll only focus on one today which is that of winning the lost. Winning the lost. And I want to base that on Luke chapter 14, where Jesus spoke this parable about a master who had prepared a dinner and had invited many people to come. You can read it from verse 16 to 24. We don't have the time. I'm not going to read it. I'll just narrate it. And Jesus says, he sent out his servants to go and invite people. So in other words, at this party, at this occasion, there were, there were VVIPs. And there were VIPs. VVIPs. Or do you have, the, do you have three Vs? VVVIP. Do you have three ones? Then you have the VIPs. And then you have what? The IPs. And the Ps. Right, so you, you, you kind of have it that way. So, so the Bible says, those who had been invited, who had been given invitation cards, each one of them, when they were told that it's time for the party to happen, each one of them began to give excuse. They came up with all kinds of excuses. You can read it. They came up with all kinds of excuses because very often people like to give excuses. You know, excuses are keeping so many people from the best that God has for them. You know, people think if they give enough excuses, they'll get away with it. The problem is this. You don't get away with it. You just live with the problem. So each one began to give excuse. Give excuse. And the Bible says, and the master was, was quite angry and irritated that the people said, okay, just go out and just go and invite people in the highways and the byways. Go out and get more people. So the servants go out and they invite people. These are not the ones who are on the invitation list. All right? They just go on Jaina, Kodi access strong. Right? And they invite everybody and people come. And so they come and report to the master and they say, Master Bona, uh, there's the, the people in the house. People responded, Mar, there's still room. You got to remember that. There's still room. And the master says, Go out to the highways and the byways. And it says, compel them. Compel them. So you, you can see he, the master is actually increasing his effort. He starts the invitation. When they don't respond to the invitation, he goes to get them. When they, when they, when they don't all get gotten, I know that's not good English, he compels them. 
And the goal of the master is he wants his house to be full. He wants church growth. That's the goal of the master. Let me read it for you. And I'm picking up in verse 21. The master of the house being angry said to his servants, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring hither the poor, the maimed, and the old and the blind. And the Lord said to his servants, verse 23, he said to his servants, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them. Somebody say compel. Okay. Say it again. Okay. Say it again. Okay. Say it again. Okay. He says, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Isn't it amazing that Jesus talks about compelling people. Why? Because Jesus knows when it comes to the things of God, people like to make excuses. Now, I don't know if they still do the red hanger sales. Are they still doing it? They're not doing it, eh? Shem Saleh lockdown, eh? But you know, it used to intrigue me when it was the red hanger sale period how people would line up as early as three in the morning. No, you know what I'm talking about. And there was no excuse. There was no excuse like that. There was no excuse. 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 No, no. Red hanger sale. And when the doors opened, People were not even nice enough and dignified enough to walk. Now they didn't walk. They ran in there. Maya, go away if you can fall down. Because they may just trample over you. And you see people battling for merchandise. Bahulana. No, all colors. Black, white, Indian, rich, poor. Rukulana for fan. We are fighting for the fan. Because when it comes to what we really want, we push dignity aside. Oh, yeah. So, when people make excuses to come to church, no, I cannot transport it, I cannot ing, I cannot ing. It's just an excuse. And Jesus says, compel them. In other words, overcome their excuse. The word compel means necessitate, make it necessary. It means do something that is required to be done so that finally they can come. Drive them. Hey! Constrain them. Persuade them. Hey, it's the same thing, but I don't know when you want to marry somebody. And wow, Han. I think some of the guys you are married to are sitting next to you, they can give you their testimony. Wow, Han. So what do you do? You compel. You find new ways. Amen? You find new ways. Because sometimes it's hard for them to say yes. Well, these days it's not as difficult as it was back then. Back then it was hard. I remember one of our pastors years ago. He was really, really having a problem. And this lady, Nasamat, this lady, Namlela, Nyangukfunwen. And Amrutu Zamir, Arapela, it's a spiritual warfare. He fasted, he, <laughs> he did the prayer of agreement, everything. Everything. I, used, I, I knew he used to tell me, Shem Wanavat, I nearly saw him. He even got me as his pastor to pray for him. So I asked him, you want me to go talk to the lady? in for it. No, 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 no. This one, get it, it's own. Finally, I'm a calm. 
And it just so happened it was in that same week where he was supposed to come and do the announcements. On that day, it was very cloudy outside. It was very cloudy. Cloudy, cloudy, cloudy. The way Murutu Tabileka take. He came over here at the announcements. I can say Mazaza. Can he even see those announcements? And when he was walking, it's not easy at all. But the brother had to work hard. The reality was is that when we really want something, we will do all that is necessary. That's the truth. But why do we have a lesser understanding when it comes to people responding for God? Some of you, you work for companies where you are marketing stuff. Maybe some of you could have a phone all the time. Have a phone is that Mosa? Yeah, about is that Mosa? And I want to know. Who are you? Where did you get my number? Yeah. And then they say, they say, uh, say we just have an offer for, for an insurance that will save you a lot of money on your car payment. And I say, no, look, I'm all covered. I don't need any insurance. Yeah, I say, but you don't understand. This one is better than the one you have. <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And then I say, no, the one of God is better. Then they say, no, say, let's tell you, this one doesn't only cover your car. It covers your, your house goods as well. And I said, look, I don't need it. They say, say, you don't understand. And then I'm kind to them and I said, look, I don't know what else to say to you. I've told you I don't want your product. So let's be nice to each other. Kikupa, let's stop this conversation. Or otherwise I'm going to drop the phone on you. And I don't want to be unkind. Kimurut. <laughs> okay, I don't want to be unkind. And then some of them, even if you've sent that, they still continue talking. And they're going to phone you again. Why? Because in marketing, they have found out that you don't make a sale on the first time. You make a sale on the fifth time, the sixth time. You have to phone and phone and compare. You have to convince this person you need this product. That's what you do. Why do we think it's different when it comes to Christ? Look at this. Uh, let's have this one on the next, the next slide. Let's have it up on the screen. That next slide, our, 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 our antenna is kind of... Uh, yeah, let's have it. Just blow it up. Let's have all of it on the screen. Even if I'm not there. Yeah, let's have it. Ah, I see that. You know, this, I like these guys. Coca-Cola. It's, this advert is cool. Eh? Some of you don't understand it. You want me to explain it to you? Oh, Levata chapter and verse. No, there's no chapter and verse on that one. Isn't it amazing the way Coca-Cola comes up with different adverts? Great adverts. But you know what I find strange? This is the leading brand in the world. Anywhere in the world, this is when it comes to fizzy drinks or, or uh, soft drinks, this is the leading brand in the world. Doesn't matter where you go. But, but here's my question. If they are a leading brand, why do they still find the need to advertise? 
And you see, even when they advertise, see, when they advertise, they're not advertising the Coca-Cola, they're advertising everything that goes with it. If you're a guy, you, you hope you will look like that guy. You hope you'll also have a, a speedboat or or to go and, you know, they are, they, are, they are putting this coke in the middle of this nice life, come on. They are using all these pictures to try and persuade you. You are hoping how we know you will be on the beach. <laughs> so they are making their product attractive. And this is what someone said who's in the advertising industry. He said this. He said, you know, if I was to tell you the truth, many of our products that we advertise are not even half of what we claim them to be. You know, it's like some of these products, you know, there was this thing, and I, I'm not bashing anybody. Please, but everybody is muringing. Left, right, and center. everywhere. And we take a product and we we exaggerate what it can do. But did you think about it? When it comes to Christ, he is far more than any advert can claim. Far more. Far more. And yet we the ones who are supposed to tell others about Christ, we do not find it necessary to compel them. No, we don't. We don't. God's people don't tell other people about what Jesus can do. If you can't tell them about Jesus, at least you can invite them to church. At least you can bring them to the Good Friday celebration. At least you can do something. But that's not what church people do. Mm -mm. We're happy just to come by ourselves. Don't tell anybody. As long as me and my house, as long as we are saved, as long as Kelly Sharp, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not even going to take the time. And we expect the church to grow. So it's a thousand churches. Yeah. But what's your role in that year? How are you going to add to that year? I, I see my sermons these days are not very easy at all. So let me show you six steps to practicing compelling or what we call anakazo. Six things in that scripture that Jesus is talking about. When he said compel is the Greek word anakazo. So I'm going to use the expression an anakazo person. This is a compelling person. The one who goes out to compel. Number one, we note that an anakazo person, Jesus said he prepared a great supper. So number one, an anakazo person prepares a great supper to give people an opportunity to come. If you want church growth, you got to go out and plant more churches and give people opportunity to come to church. If the church is far, bring it close to them. This is what we're doing. This afternoon, we are planting a church in Reimsek. Let them show you. We're using, we have, a, we have hired a place, Ebitwang Ramkiki. It's a... Uh, 
Conference Center. We're going to be there in Remsach this afternoon, Region 4, led by Bishop Matole. And in that region, we are planting a church. What are we doing? We're bringing the church where the people are. We're an anakazo person. We're preparing. We're preparing for people. We are making it attractive to say, look, maybe so we'll bring a church to your doorstep. That's what we do. Oh, if you're clapping, can you clap in a more convincing way than what you're doing? All right. Number two, we saw that an Anakazo person doesn't keep to themselves, but they influence and they affect many people in the community. I received a text message and these photos from one of our churches in Mitchell's Plain. Can we have the photos up there? I don't know if they are ready at the back. Okay, not that photo. <laughs> and uh, here it is, our church in Mitchell's Plain, they are distributing clothes. They started first who distributed their power to people. Nice clothes. So, you know, because the community there in LA, a lot of challenges. And here's our church, go, 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 Mitchell's Plain. And then let me read you what Muruti Lisiko said. And I, he, he sent it to me, Willan Romela, a message. Let me read what he said. Send me a message this past Sunday. I'll read it the way he wrote it. Okay. Evening, Daddy. I trust you are well with the family. It's Pastor Lesiko here from Grace Bible Church, Missile Plain. Indeed, when you declare that we will be seeing people flock into our churches, hungry for God and seeing our churches full, I saw it today. As we had our first Bring a Soul Sunday from today as a build-up to the Good Friday celebration. And the members were telling me that they were not even struggling to invite their friends and neighbors. Instead, the people were saying, I've been looking for such an opportunity to find a good church. Yeah. Yeah. So they started with giving clothes to the community and then they went out to invite people to church. He says, he says this is an open window for hungry souls. It's a young pastor. It's just unfortunate I didn't pull up his photo. Young guy. And then he says, today we, have, we had around 11 brand new people and four adults saved. We are continuing again next week as people are waiting for us out there. People want God's blessings. I mean, come on now. Yeah, there it is. There it is. A church is not going to grow on its own. Church is not going to grow on its own. Number three, anyone practicing anakazo is not prepared to cancel his or her service. Why? Because Jesus, when the master heard that the people are not coming, he said, no, I'm not canceling the event. If you want something out, find a way. Find a way. Because of lockdown, we've gone through a problem wherein some of the schools are not allowing us back in the area. For whatever reason, the school governing bodies are getting Mara, some of the school governing bodies have not been very nice. So one of our pastors. Muruti Kenneth Mateta, after he heard this, and I was teaching about it to say, find a way 
and we said, look, we can still have a church in a house. He decided as a pastor in the area, he's going to go ahead and he's going to have cottage meetings in the houses. Let's see that picture. There's a fundus mateta in a house. And he is having a church. And note what he said. And this is the text he sent me. Good evening, Papa. So, I'm going Papa, get daddy, get daddy, bishop, get everything, whatever. I hope you are doing well. Apologies for this late message. I wanted to share with you the picture from the cottage meeting that we, we did in Glenridge on Monday, since we don't have Sunday services as yet. Based on what you shared on Papaka Vision Casting, you mentioned how some churches are going to be started in homes. We are trying to build momentum bit by bit so that by the time the branch opens again, I love this guy, we would have already started. I thought I should share this with you. Thank you, Papa. There he is. Young pastor in the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number four. Number four, the master told the people, go and anakazo because I don't want my house to be empty. So number four, an anakazo person is not prepared to have an empty meeting. But Sanana, we still have room in the seven o'clock service. We must fill this auditorium. Look at your neighbor who didn't say amen or or amen. It's because I want to invite anybody. That's all amen. No, 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 no. I got a very interesting text. Oh, what have I done now? Excuse me. Sorry, Bense. Let me just. I got a very interesting text from our pastor, Muruti Lindambata, who is leading our church, Koslovoville. And uh, they sent a video, but phone, so it's not as clear. But we'll play it. Can we? I don't know if Lukona is can you just play us that video? I don't know if they're able to play Yamruti uh, Lindambat. Do you have it? Do, do they have it? They, they, pardon? They couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't download it? Okay. I don't know. I sent it to them. Nevertheless, what happened was, and I'll read you the story here. He says, good evening, Daddy. Today we had an amazing service. This is last week's Sunday. We had 12 learners joining us. That's at the school. We are at the school uh, in Slovoville. They were at the school for extra lessons, but the lessons did not take place. The learners heard us singing, and they came to the service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They stayed until the end, and eight learners got saved. Come on now, somebody. Yeah. We further prayed for their different needs and we invited them to Orlando Stadium. Thank you, Daddy, for the opportunity to serve Pastor Linda Mbata. Can you give the Lord a big hand of praise? On the 18th, we have an opportunity through line crossers and women of destiny to do an akazo. I wonder if you will give excuses or if you're going to be a part of those services. I mean, since it's be way ahead of time. This is three weeks from now, just about. 
two and a half weeks from now. Can you come and be a part of the people who will anakazo? Will you be among those people? But another opportunity for you to anakazo, the 7th to the 9th of April at Orlando Stadium. We're going to have three services, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're having two services on Friday. We have a huge service on Saturday, which is a youth-led service. We want to have youth come from everywhere, fill and pack out that stadium. After that, we're going to have a Thanksgiving prayer service. We have different artists who are coming. We're going to thank God for having taken us through the time of COVID. We're going to be praying together. Hallelujah. And then on Sunday, we're going to have two services back to back. And by the way, uh, Bishop Bernard Nwaka will be coming. And among the speakers, it's uh, him, uh, Bishop Ezekiel Matole, Bishop Freddie Edwards, and uh, Bishop uh, Mio. I will be there too. And so we're having these services. But it's a chance. Why don't we pack out Orlando Stadium Church? What do you say? Why don't we gather together as people, lifting up the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, thanking him for his goodness and his greatness. But it's not going to be full if we don't anakazo. During Good Friday, the reason we want more people to come because there are people who will come to the stadium, they may not want to come here. But in the stadium... They'll come because to them it's a neutral venue. But it is right there in the neutral venue where they are going to encounter the power of God. But I'm wondering if we have some anakazo persons in this house. And I wonder if you can be that anakazo person in this house. Will you join your hands with your neighbor right now as we pray? Father, grant us the grace to be anakazo people to be those who know how to compel and to challenge people because we know that church growth will not happen on its own. Church growth happens because we take the initiative to see church growth happen. So bless these, your children, I pray. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed, please. Your heads bowed. Uh, you can let go of the person next to you. Nobody moving around, nobody leaving, please. We're closing the service. If you're here today and Christ is not the savior of your life and maybe as I've been talking, you're one of those people maybe. Maybe you didn't make excuses. Maybe you did make excuses. Maybe you postponed and uh, you, you said all kinds of things about, no, I'll, I'll receive Christ one day and whatever. But today as you are listening, you realize, you know what? This is the time for me to get my act together. This is the time for me, for Christ to come into my heart and be the Savior and Lord of my life. You need prayer. You want God to come into your life and change you. You want me to pray for you. Would you raise your hand if that is you and you want to invite Jesus in your life, in your heart? Say, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Thank you for that hand. Keep it raised, please. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Is there anybody else? You want to raise your hand? There's one more hand over there. That's right. You see, God changes the lives of those who willingly come and take that step. May I ask those of you who raised your hands, would you please kindly stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet, please. 
Stand on your feet. All right. I want to pray for you. That's right. Stand on your feet, please. The ashes will help you. Go ahead. That's, that's right, young lady. God bless you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. May I ask those of you who are standing, if you could please take your belongings, your Bible, your bag, your purse, whatever you have. I want to pray for you, all right? Just make your way to the front. The ushers will help you. Come stand here facing the stage as we pray for you. As we pray for you.